0: Here. Here.
1: Trustee the reading is being Trustee Peterson. Here. We do have a quorum. Great. Uh, and it looks like there's three trustees. Just 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 checking. Okay.
2: Let's jump in. Uh, is there a, a motion on the minutes? Motion to approve the minutes. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Good. Let's move forward.
1: Move to information discussion items. Uh, CFO report. Anything going on financially?
0: <laughs> Where shall I begin? <laughs> I guess with the PowerPoint. How's that? That's good. <laughs> Organized. <laughs> um so can you all do you have the slides or should i be presenting slides or work that Uh,
3: i've got it do you have any changes from the summary you sent out is it pretty pretty much up to date? yeah i don't have any any updates to it i
0: know our charges have you know fallen off a lot which is going to uh definitely impact the net patient service revenue um we have uh, the latest, well, it's a week old from last week, but they down. Um, in my projection, I went out nine weeks and I basically said that we would start 19 cases. Uh, those cases would ramp up and offset some of the reduction. But we haven't seen that yet. I think the total we have, uh, or we've had, the like it was
1: Uh, Kim, you're coming in and out. Uh, might want to speak closer to your mic.
0: Okay. Maybe that will be better.
1: Yes. Welcome to the Avalada and the breeze. What's these?
3: Can't hear. Joe, can't hear. Are,
1: <laughs> are we waiting for uh, the PowerPoint
0: to go up? Yes, I was thinking Mike was uh, going uh, uh... Right,
1: to... I just want to clarify what the pause is here.
4: Of the show there. there we go. Uh,
0: okay. okay, so. Do I have control of this or like, so we've got it up. Is there somebody that can progress the slides or give me the ball?
1: Yeah, hold on. This is uh, just one second. This is.
4: Is
3: not with an email. <laughs> we're getting somebody i uh, at least i'm getting somebody's email I'll I'll your emails on the screen. Mm-hmm.
0: Here's our agenda. We'll go through the February financial highlights, and then uh, we will look at cash flow both for the rest of this fiscal year and also next fiscal year. Uh, One thing I had promised you all last month was that I would do an update on the collections from the legacy AR vendors. I pulled that from the agenda. Um, We thought we had historian ready to go and then when i went to tie it back to the general ledger it was off by nearly uh two million dollars uh what i can report between today and last week was that we discovered that there was a bunch of cash that was not posted which was causing the difference Mm -hmm. and um, i feel pretty comfortable about it when we look at the cash slides you can see that it was posted so it fits together but at the i wasn't willing to Uh, put it before you until I had that nailed down Um, because it was actual cash received it does mean that the legacy vendors are doing not so bad at collecting I think I reported there was 3% off uh, with that 1.6 million extra they're probably more about the 5% range but I will have that ready for you next month
2: someone's a busy typer
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so this is the summary sheet of our volumes. Uh, right off the bat there on the acute discharges, you can see that we're, we fell 7.4% below budget. Uh, however, I want to point out in the year-to-date column that we're actually 2.5% above last year. Mm-hmm. So all the way to the right. Uh, so that means we are seeing more discharges than we did last year, which is a positive trend to have. Um, although February was a pretty slow month. Uh, If you look down a couple of rows there to CMI, we're up 7%, and what's really interesting here is that that is a direct measure of the intensity of the services we provided, and it correlates nicely with surgeries. We had a very busy surgery month in February, Uh, There is some charge anomalies that I'll talk about in a minute, but it doesn't take away from the fact that we did have a strong surgery month. Um, Also, if you go over to the year-to-date, we're doing better in surgery than we did last year, so that's another very good sign. Uh, Surgeries are usually more profitable as well. If I could just interrupt for
1: a second. and I just want to set a little context, remind everyone we're looking at this report is in retrospect and uh, this committee is always looking at uh at least a month behind so this is february's financials and uh a number of things have significantly changed since then but uh, we'll be talking about february through february in terms of this report
0: yeah we'll get to the cash projection here in a minute um In regard to the um, skilled nursing facilities, this looks um, very nice. Uh, If you look year-to-date, we're 7.6% better than last year, and our length of stay has dropped, so we're serving more patients, so that's a a really nice thing to see. Down on the clinic visits, um, we are um, quite a bit below where we were, Uh, to budget and to prior year, actually. I I do want to point out, you know, as we change these statistics and we um, stabilize in EPIC, uh, we are finding some anomalies, and the other one of the big ones there is under clinic visits other. Um, Apparently we didn't have a budget for imaging visits, so it's causing a a big uh, part of the variance. I could have just taken it out, but I'd rather just um, have it there because it's a great stack for us to Check. Oh, check we're doing our budget i said you can no, go check or you can join us <laughs> whatever you like i said right. you can go check or you can join us and uh again in that other is also pre-op visits and so they trend with surgeries so they, that kind of goes together and i'm going to ignore the bottom line in there adjusted discharges it's on the slide twice uh and at the bottom there, we just need to eliminate it. It was just a a miss when we copied in the presentation. Next slide, please. So this is the summary, just a high level of uh, how we're doing. Um, We currently have generated 3.3 million of EBITDA, which is a 4.1% EBITDA margin for the month. So it was a a good uh, cash month from an operating income perspective, kind of right there in the middle, we're pretty much at break even. On a year-to-date basis, uh, we've generated $37.8 million of EBITDA and a 5.2 percent margin. That is about $17 million, uh, better than we were last year at this time and a 3.1 percent EBITDA margin. Next slide, please all right so this is the revenue detail Um, gross charges are at uh, 10.8 percent higher than budget and based on the volumes you saw we kind of had a mix but you wouldn't uh, expect to have a 10.8 percent variance especially when you look at year-to-date we're only at 1.1 percent most of it is coming from inpatient Um, however you can see it's across the board and we did clean up a lot of our pending charges. Uh, so what a pending charge is is it's something within Epic that can't even make its way to the work queues. So it's sitting out there waiting for somebody in typically in the in a department to do something. Um, in our in this case, we could see that most of the volumes uh, were coming from surgery, uh, deliveries, and um, Uh, I forgot the other one. Uh, Anyway, uh, I have this schedule here, actually. It bugs me that I forgot. So they were coming from labor and delivery. Uh, Alameda uh, Alameda Hospital Surgery was probably the biggest. Um, Fairmont Pharmacy and Fairmont Outpatient Psych Services. So those are the ones that were... The charges uh, really went up in February, and it's all because the folks in those departments worked their pending charges and got them through the system. So uh, it's good to see that they're doing that, and as a result of uh, this happening, I now have reports that I can monitor to look and see if people are having trouble getting their charges through the system. Uh, In Epic, we spend a lot of time on what we see in work queues, but I don't necessarily see what's Still sitting in the department that they still haven't released for us to start our billing process. So that was a that was a good find and uh, all part of stabilizing. Uh, but I did want to uh, mention those departments because they did that on their own. They recognized they had an issue and they and they addressed it. Uh, On the net patient service revenue, it's pretty high there at 17%. That's being driven a lot about with the CMI and the surgeries. Uh, And we're also seeing more cash. So if we start to see more cash in our older AR buckets, that improves our current um, net patient revenue when we do our allowance calc. On the uh, capitation side, year-to-date, we're off about 10.9. I looked into that. It appears we were pretty aggressive in our number of members and our capitation Uh, so i think it was more of a budget miss than an actual reduction in members or capitation payment in regard to supplemental or government programs um, we're really pretty much sticking with budget with the exception of qip we've talked about that in the forecast Um, as we stabilize with met with the with epic we will improve our metric reporting for right now, we do not believe that we are going to be able to get all of our revenue based on the current uh, reports out of EPIC. We're, that's a big focus area. IT is spending a lot of time trying to improve that, and uh, we do think it will uh, will get there and be able to make up revenue can't tell if somebody's asking me a question or just talking
1: <laughs> uh, i think mike uh, needs to mute no no somewhere else
0: uh. yeah, somebody's talking and i keep thinking they're trying to ask me a question all right, so on a year-to-date basis, um, we're very positive in government revenue, almost $32 million. Just as a reminder, we received the $23 million from the county for retroactive behavioral health payments. Uh, and we just booked it in supplemental, even though it really should be in net patient service revenue. But again, it would have skewed everything that we looked at, so we're just going to put it in the supplemental. And then the Medi-Cal waiver, that's the FY08. Um, uh, pickup that we had. So uh, that's the story on year-to-date. Going down to the bottom there on other government, I just want to point out that I had said early on that we were behind in the grant and research protocol revenue and that we needed to devote some staffing to get that uh, reporting done. And look, we are picking up, you can see, a 14.6% variance compared to a negative variance of 18.9 year-to-date, so that should continue to improve for the for the rest of the year. Next slide, please. All right, so this is the operating expense slide. Um, I have uh, broken out labor costs in the next slide, so I'm going to just address the other items here. Um, I uh, Physician contract services are favorable. Uh, what's happening there is we are actually hiring more physicians, and so they are now showing up in labor costs and not as purchase services. For materials, it's mostly pharmaceutical costs, and... Mm-hmm. in Yes? sorry to interrupt. Uh, uh, actually, I think,
4: uh, Mike, can you uh, uh, take the slides back one? Oh. No. Other way. Other way. Yeah, there we are. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, please. All right. Um, so for uh, depreciation there is going to uh, eliminate as we get closer to the year-end. That's a budget timing difference. Uh, any questions on the uh, operating expenses? Move to the labor slide. All right, Be- so because the um, physician uh, contract has such a big variance, and the fact that we intend to hire more physicians on, I decided we should just break out the physician salaries. So I have done this in the details. So now we have salary and wages, salary and wages, physicians, registry, employee benefits, uh, our regular retirement that we're funding every year, and then the amortized retirement, which is what we will have to pay if nothing changed in our interest rates. Um, so, having said that, if you look at the salary and wages, it's much uh, less favorable than year-to-date at 0.6 compared to a 4.6. Uh, we've been talking about this uh, for a while. Uh, when we started, when we stopped amorti- or stopped capitalizing the IT costs for Epic, they started hitting the expense. So that increased our expense and for the budget, we budgeted those capitalized expenses all year. So there's a a timing difference just like with the um, depreciation expense. Uh, We are still seeing uh, a lot of vacancies in salaries. We did clean up our books a little bit as we were doing, uh, one of the things that I started is I started having a closed meeting with my staff. And what we did is we've assigned uh, an analyst to each of the entities, because we're going to move towards uh, reporting. And their job is to understand their entity and to look at, right now, just the costs eventually well. And when they did that, they did find quite a few recostes that need to be made. So it, it makes me feel like we've um, initiated a good control process. So we did make a $684,000 reclass between uh, purchase services and registry, and it represents the interim department leadership that we have in place that are normal, regular positions. So they would qualify as a registry person instead of a contract labor, which is someone you bring on for a specific project, not a regular position. So on physician wages, I've kind of uh, laid out the FTEs that we hired. Um, at two ED medical directors; uh, those are at San Leandro and Alameda hospitals. Uh, we hired four psychiatrists um, at for John George. They're actually managing the PES, so they'll be our employees. Traditions Behavioral Health uh, still. Uh, oversees the inpatient side of John George. And we hired four anesthesiologists for San Leandro and Alameda. Uh, We had a contract with Island Anesthesia, and uh, they've decided to uh, go their own way. I don't know the whole story of that one, but I do know that we were able to hire four anesthesiologists as employees to cover what the contract was previously providing largest variance here remains the um, the retirement for the amortization again we, we we did get that wrong in the budget it's a difficult thing to predict it's uh, based on the um, actuarial work that's uh, done as of December 31st of each year uh, any questions on that
1: restructuring of uh, retirement (laughs) that's happening right now will affect uh, the uh, percentage that we're given in December of next year or this year?
0: Yeah, so the actuarial uh, reports will be done for the audit so we can make the appropriate entries at audit time. So we usually get the report probably the July-August timeframe, and it will be based as of last December 31st. That's the whatever the interest rate environment was at that point in time is how they will determine what our liability will be.
1: Got it. So actually, next fiscal year, the numbers won't represent – the actuarial numbers will be – based on a December 19 number.
0: Yes, and I believe things were better uh, at that time. So I expect that this amortized cost will go down.
4: Yeah.
0: All right, and I guess before we go to the next slide, our compensation ratio, when you factor in our uh, pension obligations is quite high you know 76.5 in the current month 71.3 year to date and look at last year 71.4 so that's fairly uh, consistent but that is a very high percentage you know uh, just for the committee's benefit where I came from before about 50 percent was our number so it's
1: quite a bit more is for public hospital systems
0: for other publics, I don't know off the top of my head, uh, but that's a good question. And as I get to know the other CFOs, I'll, we'll be comparing notes, and I'll, I'll probably be a little better to answer that type of question.
1: Sixty-five percent sticks in my head. Does anyone else know?
4: No, um, I don't call me on it, but vaguely, I, I thought two thirds is what I recall, so about sixty-six percent. You know, but we can confirm that.
1: Right. Thank you.
0: Next slide, please. All right, so this is the FTE trend. Um, You can see the the two lines are getting closer together. Um, We did reclass those uh, interim leaders that are missing from February, so that line will tick up a little bit um we still have a lot of vacancies and you can see how in january february march we were expecting more fte because volumes go up in the winter months and obviously the opposite is occurring so next slide unless there's more questions okay so this is the balance sheet um uh, days cash, again, um, you know, most of that is swept, so that it never really uh, goes up that much. We do but you you have... AHP, uh, in- uh, uh, um, the gross AR and net AR both are trending up, and that would alarm me in another situation, but more billing out claims that's going to increase our ar the ar over very important metric that's nine months however we have not been on epic for nine months so it's here because i don't want it to be left off but it really isn't very meaningful as of today our days and accounts payable um came back up again, and that's because we've been nearing the top of the NNB and been a little slower in making payments to vendors. Um, Current ratio is pretty much flat, but it is a real number because now we are breaking out the reimbursement receivable and payable on the balance sheet between a receivable and payable so that the number actually makes a little more sense than uh, what we were reflecting uh, before. Our uh, net reimbursement did go up. So now we see a receivable of 34.8. And if we go to the next slide, I talk about it there at the top. We have these IGTs for uh, EPP and FY08. All of those were planned, so it's not a surprise, uh, and we've accrued Revenue according to budget. That's why when we talked about the supplementals earlier in the revenue side there weren't any big variances um, I did change the format of this slide a little bit if you look at the um, Left side here uh, FY02 to 17. I put those years together and I did it to make a point that that $152.8 million liability is from older years. Um, before, I think I broke it out every five years and it made some of that liability go into what seemed more current. And I thought for our discussion, we really need to reflect that that is you know, from previous years, and it's been quite some time. Uh, and it's so important because we can't take our current revenue to pay prior year debt. We just don't have it to do. So uh, we may have a receivable here of 34.7 and another 64 coming in in uh, uh, FY20, but the reality is we need that to fund our current operations. We can't turn around take that and pay the 152. Even make a point towards it. So I just wanted to to, uh, point that out. Next slide, please. So we revamped this slide as well. Uh, We decided we would just report legacy AR separately and then EPIC. uh, Before we were trying to do it by entity, just trying to get at Uh, what we plan to do next year, which is to produce financial statements by entity. Uh, But it didn't seem to me that it was going to be all that helpful, especially if we didn't get stuff grouped in the right bucket. So um, the good news here is our percent of cash to net revenue has has increased. It's improved. It's now 92.5%. And if you'll notice, with the exception of July there, January and February are really strong, good months. So I'm really happy to report that, and I'll report more when I get to the revenue cycle report. Mm -hmm. Any questions there? Uh, Next slide, please. Okay, so this is my graphic. Um, So uh, what this is telling us is, first and foremost, the green line is above the blue line in the forecast. So that means we believe... um, that we can change our forecast, that we're going to see uh, more cash coming in. And I do think that's true at least for another month or so. If our charges continue to drop due to the shelter-in-place and the pandemic, that could change a lot of things. Um, But as of the end of February, we were looking quite good. And you'll notice that the trend lines on the right side are closer together, which means we've made up ground. So um, that was to be good news. Next slide, please. Okay, so here we've done a revised forecast. Um, And I thought the easiest way to do this would be to start where we left off on uh, the January 31st report to you. At that point, I told you we would be under the limit by 790,000, so really close. And that's pretty much what I've been telling you for several months. So just between when we published the January uh, Finance Committee Report and producing the February, this whole list of things has changed. So obviously the biggest one um, is the coronavirus Pandemic, um, I was torn on how to measure the impact of this. I opted to go with an assumption that we have bent the curve and that we're not going to see the kind of impact that New York or even Washington realized. Um, I know that our charges have dropped off. Uh, I pretty much assumed that we would be completely over this in nine weeks, mm-hmm. and that although we were, were, we had a drop of 25 percent the first three weeks of since opening the command center and when the when we started actually seeing the shelter-in-place order. Um, but as we get more cases, we can bill and collect for those. We are billing and collecting for telehealth. So, in my mind, I offset it a bit, and I came up with a uh, loss of elective procedures and low census of fifty million. It's it is a swag, but it is the biggest impact that I see to us now. Um, we do have a lot of uh, increases in supply and IT costs. Uh, The supply costs mostly being for PP&E. We are seeing per-unit increases, and I'm having to have to fund or wire money in advance of receipt. Now, not 100%. We're doing like a down payment, uh, but I've I've never um, had to to do that before. Um, We've been fortunate that most of our regular vendors have been coming through for us, and we seem to have an adequate supply. Um, but it is costing us more money. Um, in the IT world, we've had to buy a lot of licenses, like Zoom licenses, so that we can do video conferences while our employees work at home. We, I don't think we could buy laptops even if we wanted to. So most people are using their laptops at home, and we're setting them up with a license to be able to come in to uh, come into our AHS world and do their work. Mm-hmm. Um, for staffing, we know that we need to keep this, the hospitals clean, so we need extra housekeepers for infection control, and we also need some help sourcing supplies. So those are the two areas that we have actually committed to bringing on staff. Um, if we were to expand our footprint and do a surge plan, whether it's in the atrium or make all of our single rooms at Highland double rooms, any of those kinds of things are excluded in my Estimate. Um, my thought there is, if we were going to do something like that, we would do it in conjunction with the county, and there are benefits of doing it that way. Because if there is an agreement between us, it will help us with FEMA to get emergency relief. Uh, all of that is, you know, to be determined. Um, but we do have a plan. The team here has worked you know really hard to put that together, what it would take to do it. We just have not uh, pulled the plug. I really like I really like should, this. Did I, I, oh. yeah
3: I should i i I think this is really clear. Mm-hmm. Joe,
5: were you trying to get in? yeah, I just I did have a question about the FEMA reimbursement. It seems to me that all of these things. Uh, the the laptops the the licenses um, for Zoom all of that I would think we would try to get a FEMA reimbursement. I know it's only like seventy cents on the dollar, but it's better than nothing.
0: It's better than medical. Yeah. Yeah, we we'll have to see how it goes because if it, if the county is gonna like uh, it depends upon the different applications available with fema but usually or at least in my experience the county can submit one and we can put our costs on it and they will have a better shot at getting reimbursement in that format than we would but there are a lot of other places we're looking to find money um, i made a couple contacts today um, i called the alliance and i also called Cross. Medi-Cal, because what I understand other Medi-Cal plans are doing is they're guaranteeing the cash flow based on your trend, even though you don't have the utilization, because they are likely to have more members as a result of the layoffs happening and will ha- should have more revenue. Uh, and also because they're not paying because there's no elective procedures or very few elective procedures going on and everyone's afraid to come to the hospital anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's Those are some other sources. There's also grants. Uh, we made a whole list today, um, uh, and uh, various folks are working on different ones. But we uh, <clears throat> we did develop a coordinated list uh, to share with the organization um, tonight or tomorrow. Kim, this is Tap Buket. Quick
2: question. That uh, again, I, I'm going to support my colleagues in saying thank you for putting out the line items. Um, on the staffing line item for materials and housekeepers at $500,000, does that take into account um, our, our FMLA uh, plan, our very generous plan, which has been rolled out, for which a number of staff have uh, um, taken the organization up on that, and, and now we're having to backfill all those people?
0: it does not uh at the time that this went out we had not agreed to do that the law just came out and yes we we were very generous Uh, i think as of today we had 79 uh requests for leave of absence and i have not factored that in i have been in touch with tony um redmond and he uh, said he would have a report from Matrix, which handles our leaves, and that uh, from that we could get a good idea of the cost. Yeah, because I then you haven't proof yet either. So,
2: yeah, because some back of the napkin stuff, just you know, walking the halls, I know roughly 20 floor nurses, including five or six ICU nurses, have been included. I know it sort of decimated my own endoscopy staff. Mm-hmm. I had six full-time nurses; five of them put in for this. So um, I have one full-time nurse left. Now, that being said, our volumes are, ve- are very low in elective, uh, but to staff up, that requires us to bring in service as needed and whatever, and our, our, our full-time are still getting full pay. So uh, just, yeah. just to help our, our trustees understand about that part. Our generosity, I, I really appreciate our generosity, but it's going to come have an impact on our operations and our finance.
1: Yeah, you know, we don't we don't have a problem with generosity. Um, <laughs> I notice in this organization. What, what, so, uh, just to clarify, the federal stimulus uh, assistance with uh, family leave doesn't apply to to us, or it does? We are an organization. Go ahead, Delacqua. Sorry, you you. Um, I'll go ahead and say, and
4: you can chime in. Uh, so, uh, uh, no, not directly. This is the uh, federal family, I think it's called Families First Reach Act. Uh, we were excluded because they, they quite, the, the act applied directly to organizations who, Mike might correct me on this, I think it was uh, 500 or less employees. Uh, it was more um, private organizations, I believe, or not for profit, I forget, one, one of the two. Um, and so, um, in a sense it accepted health organizations, or at least healthcare uh, providers, uh, or uh, care providers. Uh, we were elected because, you know, we just thought it was a responsible thing to do uh, that we would include it. There's some dis- uh, discussion or uh, differences of uh, counsel that we got about whether or not we were excluded entirely, or uh, if it was like it excluded our uh, direct front-line providers or uh, care providers, and so. If we were worried about whether we would suffer or be subject to um, uh, any sorts of claims later around um, uh, whether we should extend this to employees or should have, we took the approach of saying, you know, we appreciate our employees. We know that they are going through a lot, uh, both here and in their family lives. And so uh, we um, took a more generous route and applied it to us. We, uh, the law we the, I think it's generally like a 90 or 90 day or 180 day um, requirement from a FIMLA, uh perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we the, the law raised it to 30 days, and we just waited the 30 days too because it's just 30 days, uh, one month, um, and try to support people right away. And then there was one other piece where I think at a certain point it was limited to 70 percent, and we uh, we excluded that limitation after some period of
1: time. So are we, are we tracking the, uh, the costs of this carefully? Is that what you're saying, Kim, in terms of...
0: Yeah, so uh, this all changes. happened, right? So as of, what's, let's see, as of yesterday, Tony told me there were 79 requests. So the information came out Monday, and people had to go apply at Matrix, and then we got our first reporting back, uh, and uh, there were 79 requests. They haven't been approved, um, but I will get some reports from Matrix, from Tony, and I'll be able to estimate it. It's a big deal, particularly for patient registration. We saw um, at least we had 48 people say they were going to do it. Now, I don't know if they all did it, but um, that's a real concern. We're already trying to find temporary employees because we have to register patients. Um, You know, like uh, Taft said, it's a very big deal. Right now, it's
1: not as bad, but, you know, that could change. Yeah, that's a concern. I I think it's great that you're tracking carefully because there is uh, likely another stimulus package and uh, hospitals are in that conversation. Hmm. So uh, who knows how that will be structured, but uh, we'll be in a much stronger place to ask for money if we can establish loss, I would assume
2: and of course the interface with the operations uh, we're in finance committee but uh, not having uh, a pool to draw from of our, our regular nurses is gonna uh, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that there is no surge do
3: you think do you think there should be some contingency in here for things that we just don't know about you know I'm you know we're getting we'd, we'd be. we'd be what uh, we're pretty close right now right? Yeah, we have. We're going to be 19 million over at at uh, 6:30. Is that the way I'm reading?
0: That's the estimate now. Yeah, and I have not. This the whole FMLA thing just came out. It just happened, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't. I've been able to get my hands around that, but we could always add that. Um, The surge or atrium plant. I mean, that could be hugely expensive. I mean, think about it. We have to have beds ivs um, staffing uh and, and probably at a huge premium cost
2: yeah, yeah it'll be registry staffing uh you, you know
3: yeah i just i just wonder if there should be some kind of contingency for, you know because like in in this scenario if, if we ask for an increase to one 144 you know if something comes up then we're going to be over it again any anyway, it's just a. Sure. Yeah, I
4: would, I would, um, I mean, we concur that, uh, we started to capture at least part of that with the, uh, with the uh, blank, uh, pink space here to say, you know, TBD. Yeah. So, it's, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think we should, uh, at this point, uh, uh, treat any of this as hard and fast. Uh, uh, it continues to move, uh, but it's just at a point now where we feel fairly confident that wherever it moves, uh, um, um, this is not likely to get back to a point where we can
3: uh, forecast in compliance yeah so at the very little uh, at the very minimum it seems like we would ask for a 150 uh and then the at the end of the year uh, fiscal year right uh, i wouldn't, i wouldn't even do that at this juncture uh, not, I, mm-hmm. I mean i get your point,
4: but at a minimum yeah. uh but but maybe it's a different conversation i know you're going to talk a bit about like Whether that's the, if you even want to phase it that way, or if you just want to, you know, this is just, it's it's a pretty uh, uncertain environment for the next couple of uh, weeks and
1: months. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say that we have on the agenda an item to discuss uh, the conversation we need to have the county with the county about the net negative balance. So uh, why don't we continue it when we come back to that? Okay.
0: And the, the surge plan, the, the Incident Command Center has actually done a document of what we what we could do. And my thought was that if we really want to get to sharpen our pencil, we could use that document and cost it out. I mean, they've, they've really done a lot of work. So we, we, we could use that to develop some sort of an estimate. Uh, it does make me nervous because there's just so much unknown um, right now and I it seems to me if we're going to do a surge plan like that it should be part of the overall county plan they said they needed 3,000 more beds it seems like we could even do an agreement with them to provide this many more beds and then if we did that then it could go in the FEMA request from them so anyway.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, AHS as a contractor of the county apparently we heard that on Tuesday night so Seems like that's how that job should be handled.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. You uh, go ahead? All right, so the next item is the joint commission. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit at the last board meeting. Um, we do need to do some mediation. Um, I have no idea. We haven't even gotten, have an agreed upon plan with the surveyors. We know, at a minimum, because they brought it up, that, you know, we need to do some deep cleaning. We need to replace some furniture. um, We need to replace some beds at John George. So, those things are going to have to happen. I mean, there's no way that we're going to move through this survey without addressing the items that they've brought up. So, I didn't know what to put there. I just put a million dollars, but it's, be determined and of course it's on hold because of the uh, shelter in place in the pandemic
4: so i'm so, uh, sorry Tim, just to, to put into context uh, uh it's 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 not on the survey is on hold and uh, remediation isn't uh, we submitted the kind of correction uh yesterday uh so we expect that we will get feedback from uh, the joint commission uh, uh virtually and our teams have been a conversation with them and yeah, a lot of these collective actions started since the survey and a lot uh, has have been sued since then. So uh, there is uh, great work here. Uh it's just uh, timing for what the final approved plan will be and then we can talk about it. Why
6: was the why was the resurvey delayed?
4: Uh because of uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, they uh, canceled all uh or I should say they postponed it the initially so survey uh, activity to the beginning of May
0: the next item is the philanthropic contribution from our foundation um, we had said that they would generate 10 million uh, this fiscal year of cash and transfer it to us. Uh, by June, and it looks like we will only receive about 2 million um, The the campaign for Sapphire uh, was a little slow in getting started and then we did get some bad news that one of the key um, Folks that we were going after has declined. So Just
4: a slight correction Ken, you said, you said Ken, uh, we were raising uh, uh, a little over 12 million um uh, both for work at San Leandro and the big part of it was the EHR campaign. And, uh, while they experienced great success on the, uh, San Leandro, I think it was imaging, uh, stuff and other, um, uh, pieces, uh, we've only had, uh, very little, um, uh, progress, less than a million dollars on the EHR campaign so far. Uh, they all, they have shifted because of, uh, this, uh, to focusing a lot on fundraising for COVID 19 and had some recent. Success there, but it's
0: not going to close the ten million dollar gap. Yeah, they will. They do plan on giving us uh, the, the difference between the ten and the twelve, the two million, by the end of the um, fiscal year. So we've left two in there. What hit. On the supplemental side, there's been all kinds of activity here. Um, I don't know. I can go through each of them. I did write a paragraph to, for each in the in the letter. Um, but the material ones are the physician spa um, of the $7.6 million. So that was funding we thought we were going to get this year. Um, you all may recall, and we can go back to the other slide if you'd like, but uh, we owe a lot of money from previous years in the physician spa. The state is having a hard time reconciling. So basically they said no more money coming out this year and we're going to move everything out so it does mean we get more time to pay back the old stuff but unfortunately there is the cash flow hit of $7.6 million this fiscal year
2: Kim this is Taft I apologize for my ignorant spa I'm presuming this isn't a spa for physicians
0: <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> you can you remind me what spa is
0: yeah it's uh, additional funding that we get so to encourage uh, physicians to see more uh, lower-income Medical indigent patients. Oh, okay. So based on uh, uh, reconciliation, which means you have to have all the claims data from everyone in order to figure out what, how to share the pool. Dwa what's Boston? The acronym, yeah. The acronym
4: is a State Plan Amendment. Got it. Uh, so the Medicaid each state uh, uh, for the Medicaid program. Uh, has a plan and whenever they put in waiver programs or supplemental programs that uh, um, that alter that that original plan they have to do an amendment and so each time it's called a spa. Uh, sometimes they actually call it that, sometimes they don't. But in this case they do and it's a state plan amendment.
2: So does that mean we, we were we weren't doing the work or we were doing the work and we didn't know how to document around it? Uh, uh, uh,
4: yeah, I think that this was more of, um, uh, at one point you, I think this is right, and you're not here to correct me, but at one point uh, the state uh, uh, received a lot of uh, uh, pressure because there weren't enough providers uh, participating in the Medicaid program, and a big portion of that was because of low reimbursement. Um, and so um, uh, existing and new providers were incentivized to participate in the program by um, uh, enhancing the reimbursement and in some cases that came with uh, improvements in terms of documentation as well and
0: other, uh, other things. okay and then the managed Medi-Cal GME was approved so that was great news to us um, this program basically replaces the old funding mechanisms that were left out when, we, um, uh, when the new supplemental programs came forward. Uh, so they recognized there was a gap, and I think because of everything that's going on right now, they pushed it through. And that's significant to us. That's $18 million that we didn't expect to get this year. And that's been in the, in, uh, in, under contingencies in my letter for some time. And then patient collections, uh, plus of $8.4 million. That's the dollar amount of that green line going over the net revenue in the previous slide. So um, we do still have that coming in. Uh, and, again, because we're getting all those claims out the door, we're now seeing the cash. Uh, we are seeing more denials, too, but we're going to work those, and we expect to get more cash. So, uh, yes, uh, it will we will have an impact from the lower charges, but I—that's all factored in above. I haven't—I haven't double counted here. And then the last section is transactions with the county. Um, I don't know if everybody's aware, but we were going to move the IT department from Creekside and allow the county to take that over, and we were going to move them to county-owned space at Courthouse Square. And uh, originally, the thought was it would really just be pretty much moving costs, very little in TIs. But what we've discovered is in order to make this happen, we have to do some ADA work, which was much more expensive than we thought. Um, there is savings in rent, but for cash flow purposes for this fiscal year, if we do it as planned, it will be a hit of $2.1 million. It's just all the ADA up front? Yes, we have to do some construction, and I don't know all the details of it. I don't know if DeVecchio does. And there's some of them. Uh, and apologies, Luis
4: is the incident commander today, so he can't uh, be on the call. But, um, yeah, I know it's two floors of the building, and uh, before we um, um, could agree to the arrangement, uh, um, say, uh, up to the point that we agreed to the arrangement, we only had access to one floor. So we have floor plans on the second floor, and we did some. Uh, projections of what the cost would be based off of the kind uh, of configuration needs that our IT team needs uh, in order to make this space work for them uh, as the creek side space does with some modifications they were they were um, responsible and, and reasonable in making those things but once we were able to get to the floor and look at the current state and get the plans reviewed by our contractors, uh, the current state of the building uh, um, uh, and the, the something with stairwells and parking, buses, right, there were some ADA requirements that really ratcheted up the yep. overall cost. Yeah. We were expecting, I think, like uh, somewhere between 300,000 and a half a million, I think, in uh, construction costs. And, and obviously, this is significantly more. Yeah, truly, really,
1: quite frankly, it's not surprising at all. I've spent some time in that building, and it's throw uh, throwback to the 50s.
3: Pretty bad shape. Do we have, a, we have a net long-term lease then? Or? We do. So the county, um, this was a, uh, I want to uh, um, uh,
4: really give credit, this was a generous offer uh, in terms of a leasing arrangement. We, um, I don't recall all the details, but basically they uh, were allowing us to, uh, they were covering the cost of our um, ongoing lease at Creekside between the time in which we signed the lease up until we moved. Uh, And the goal was for that to happen between. I think we didn't sign the lease until March, maybe February, up till June. Uh, We have communicated with them now that June is uh, probably uh, unlikely now, uh, both because of the uh, the cost uh, Mm -hmm. as well as the um, the delay in construction activity because of uh, shelter in place. So, uh, so that was before. And then the lease, I think, goes till 2020. I believe, um, and uh, it's at a um, significantly reduced uh, price uh, during that time period. So, so it was, as Kim mentioned, a, uh, over time, over the life of the arrangement, a, a, um, a uh, win or pick up for us, uh, but now we have a significant upfront cash flow issue, and because of that unbalance, the, the amount that we save over that time is going to be less. It's still a saving. Um, uh, But if going to be last time we have to
1: cash flow there. Yeah. Are we really? Are we really expecting to incur this cost this fiscal year? No.
0: Well, that's the point, I could some of it out to next year, but I just wanted the current arrangement is that we would do it this fiscal year by the end of June. Okay. That's one of the things we could do is postpone it. Um,
2: so it, on balance, it is still a, 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 a big win for us, Delvecchio? I'm just, uh, the, pain, the, was, the pain in the butt factor.
3: <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, no. Uh, it, let's just say um, the additional million dollars does uh, cut into that. I think the savings were on this order. I, uh, you know what? I, I'd rather get the actual number sure. uh, and lose it's still, I believe, north of a million dollars, but then that's, you know, that's over five years. So the, the pain in the butt factor is really big at this point, I yeah. think, uh, but we committed to it. They have, uh, I think, made commitments because they were moving their, I believe this is a the staff they're moving from 1,000 Broadway, so there's commitments they've made in terms of probably renewing or not renewing the lease and things like that too, which uh, make it really tough to even contemplate undoing this. Of course. Uh, so that's, uh, that's not on our radar.
0: Got it. And we're, I think it's removing the, the furniture from Creekside to the courthouse, but I also do know that, that uh, you know, uh, some of the, em- hopefully we won't have a reaction from the employees because of the space they're in. At Creekside is quite nice going to a much older courthouse square, but there has been some concern that uh, some of the IT folks. Uh, may not be all that happy with that environment but hopefully we won't lose anybody
1: you are probably Next time i checked uh
0: yeah i.t folks have a lot of options these days the uh, capital designation fund um, that's money that we had expected to get back from the county uh, we believe we've met all the terms of the NNB for FY19 and that they should release it. Uh, we have, uh, and uh, Metzer has asked for it, asked what we need to do, and not gotten any response back. So I put it on here just because uh, the, the, the one comment that we did get back, which was quite a while ago, alluded to the fact that we – had reported we might not make the NNB, so um, it was still in question. But uh, for FY19, we did, and it's passed. So I don't know how uh, this year uh, FY20 reflects on the FY19 payment. So we put it on here so that it was definitely uh, disclosed, and then, you know, we can have a conversation about it. Yep. I don't have a big green there because we're still in negotiations with the county on John George services for FY20. We expect a rate increase retroactive to July 1. Uh, there's also some pickup from 19 as well, uh, and we've, uh, as a result of I think all the shelter-in-place, the next meeting's just gotten delayed. But we still hope to resolve that and have a positive pickup by the end of the year.
1: What's the uh, ballpark on that, the range in negotiation?
0: Probably $9 million.
1: That area? Okay, that's significant. But, but
4: for both years, right, uh, Kim?
0: Um, Probably. Maybe uh, for both years, it may be a little more. i kind of being a, maybe a little conservative, but Yeah. So then that would put us over um, 19.2 million in June, and, you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball. So that's, that's just the, my best guess, and I wanted to get the information out uh, as soon as I could reasonably quantify something. Next slide, please. Okay, so then now what I've done is I've carried out the projection to 6:30, 2021 and I had to make quite a few assumptions to do this. So um, what I have done is I've said that our budget for 21 is going to be equal to our 2019 EBITDA margin, which was 3.2%, and that with that... Uh, EBITDA margin, we would be able to pay for our operations, pay for our pension obligation, and have some money to reinvest in capital for the year or hire your But from my perspective, for a public agency or uh, uh, like we are, that's a pretty reasonable margin. And it's a stretch to get to, but that is what we're working towards in the budget process. For, uh, for Measure A, I just assumed the same amount that we had in budget for FY20. We know in January it dropped off a million bucks, but we're still $6 million ahead. I have no idea what Shelter-in-Place is going to do to that revenue stream and for how long. Mm. So I just held with budget just to keep things as consistent and easy to understand as possible. So, in regard to patient collections, I assume that we would get back to 100% of net patient service revenue, so our, basically our cash from um, doing providing patient services uh, would equal our net revenue. So, if once I do that, things become a little easier to project, uh, and that's what I've done here. So, COVID-19, we assume we're going to get some reimbursement back for those costs that we spent in... Um, 2020 if this goes for a longer period of time you know my projections are going to be all wrong anyway so it's a green mark there and then I've listed the prior year supplemental recruitments you all should recognize these because they were in the finance packet last year they were in the finance packet all up until maybe last month I might not have listed them all I talked about them they're in the report that I give Um, but I may not have called them out as a worst-case scenario because uh, our position had improved at least for the current fiscal year until all of those previous events we just walked through occurred. So there we've got the old waivers, the medical cost report, the FQHC settlement, the physician spa, as we talked about a minute ago. One of the the bad things is we didn't get funding for this year, but the good thing is the recoupments are probably going to get pushed out beyond FY21. So I know that we owe money there. I left it red, but it's not likely that it'll happen in FY21, so that helps things for next year. And then right now, in regard to the budget uh, revenue and cash, it looks like we will collect $18 less in supplemental payments on a cash basis in FY21. And we're still working through that as part of the budget process, but That's what I see as of today. Um, So that would put us 194.5 over our limit next June, having paid back all the prior recruitments, with the exception of the physician spa.
3: Kim, can you or uh, Delvecchio
2: talk to us about the debate which occurred? uh within with at, at, at in the executive room with regard to maintaining the parameter of measure a being the same how, how, and and i i know this is just this is all this guesswork but main presuming this uh a budget uh uh stability on this line item it just seems it doesn't seem right <laughs>
4: call from president pa
3: Sorry about
4: that. You want to? see? Well,
0: I So, in regard to Measure A, I don't have a, a better crystal ball. I know that we are starting out six million ahead as of January 31st. So, I assume that between January and December, that will probably eat up the uh, our position of being ahead. And then next year, if things are back to normal. Um, I would think that we could at least go back to the FY 19 FY20 funding level. So yeah we could we could talk about a lot of different assumptions that, but I needed to put something forward and that's so this is what I chose to do. Uh,
1: I, well, I, uh, I appreciate the question because I think uh, I'm a broken record but because of my experience on the oversight committee, I was there during the Great Recession, which will seem like the miniature recession It will. I'm afraid so. Um, The amount transferred to uh, AHS at the time, I think was a little over a hundred million annually and it dipped below 80. Yes. Um, And and it remained low for another three years as recessions will do to you around sales tax. I think we're at least in in a very similar situation. So that's a, 30 you know i mean a 20 to 30 percent decrease in that supplemental source that is not a far-fetched assumption yeah
4: yeah no we i we we um we don't mind the broken record because then we think your admonition is right or, or, or your premonition is right um we just for context uh, you'll recall the county uh last year was a uh, anomaly uh in, on, on the more favorable side that the number I think went up to about 126 or 27 million for us, uh, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, we then, uh, the county forecasted uh, next year that the number would go up to I think somewhere north of 135 or so. Mm-hmm. So we are 20, or we're about 20 million or at least 15 million more than where they are now. We were about to be in the process of, of um, forecasting that upwards uh, more favorably after. Um, we chewed up, as Kim mentioned, and saw the $6 million. so I don't know if we were going to get as high as they were, but we were going to get higher. Uh, and now we've obviously held back on that because we're waiting to see what's going to happen. Uh, so we decided to keep it the same now, and if the same now is more of a reflection of that big drop-off that has been occur from last year to this year, um, it could certainly drop a lot farther, uh, uh, but at this particular juncture, we uh didn't elect to drop it farther Uh, and and honestly uh seeing where it is now i mean it certainly wouldn't be insignificant but i think the message is quite clear that we are we are in dire straits even without having done that so so this is where it is right now uh, but we can certainly update this in the coming months as well
1: yeah my my and i'm not criticizing i'm uh i actually think this is a place where we can collaborate very closely with the county yes they uh you know the health um uh, services agency uh administers the measure a uh, program and actually does really good projections uh and reporting out so i think it's i think it uh you know rebecca Gephardt, for example um knows this like <laughs> like the budget for her agency so i i think it it um Mm-hmm. And, and they also get some reports from outside entities around tax flow. That uh, So this is really an area of projection and forecasting, I think, where we should jump yeah, it. I, I think we agree with you,
4: and that's what we did uh, last year in order to either you know refine our number or uh, inform it further by um, what we heard from them. And so we haven't gotten to that point yet, uh, but we will certainly do that. Fair enough. Yeah. But
0: thank you. Any more questions on the 2021 projection or assumptions?
1: It's uh, awfully daunting, isn't
3: it? Yeah, we're talking $200 million cash inflations, right? Yeah. And I, and, uh, I believe that's...
0: Last year, we were at $160 million. Um, So from my perspective, if you were to pull the presentations that I saw when I, uh, after I got here, we were reflecting that magnitude of liability. And if you just take that plus the COVID-19, you yeah, pretty much get right back to here. So it's, I think it's the same story with saying for some time. Right. Yeah, Kim,
5: that was the comment and observation that I was going to make as well, was this This doesn't seem like a whole lot of new news, uh, so we've been pretty upfront and transparent about it.
4: Yeah, a big portion of uh, what, uh, not all, but a big portion of what helped us last year uh, falls in the category of one-time funding. So it definitely helped in the moment. And I think I recall conversations during those times that this will help now, but will we see this again next year? Um, and the response being likely yes. So that's where we are right
0: now. Well, the, the delay and the reconciliation on those prior year, uh, uh, um, definitely changed the landscape last year or this year okay since we're going to
1: circle back and talk about this more uh let's, let's i'm going to recommend we move on uh, all
0: right so, i think i have just a graphic in the next uh, slide and there's just one point i want to make on it uh next slide mike uh so all I want to uh, say here is that so we went out to the end of June 30, 21, and what we did is we did two lines. The red line is actual through to the forecast, mm-hmm. and then it's our forecast going over the NNB at six thirty twenty, and then we've got the recoupments coming in um, uh, in December, and then another one in June. And so the red line includes the prior period or prior year recruitments. The blue is if we never had to pay that money back. So we have right
1: a It's the only one that matters ultimately, right? Because that's that's what's gonna happen to us.
5: Mm-hmm. Go yeah. blue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm voting blue. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go blue. <laughs> I hate those red Sharpies.
3: Yeah, look at the distance between the blue line and the red line. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Okay. Any other questions for Tim? Not here again. I'm going to move on. So, I, is Luis with us today? He, he's not. He's the incident commander, so he's in the command center. But... Um, I can uh, have to address any questions you might have from his report. Exactly. We're trying so, to move more of a written report from him anyway. Any questions? Okay. His finance committee will get a fuller report on uh, operations, obviously, at the board meeting uh, and, and a quality committee. Let's go on to post-EPIC. Go live finance update.
0: All right. All right. So this is the HB stabilization dashboard, uh, and uh, we continue to improve. It's it's slow.
6: I wish it was a lot
0: faster. Um, But you'll see that the big things to let me just back up. So, the three things that I really think you need to focus on are the payment variance, the CFB, and the claim days. Um, So, for the payment variance, we're behind as of 325, 1.5 weeks or 14 million, and that's cumulative since go live. So you can see that we've been doing better, 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 but we're still at the bottom or or just better than the bottom. Uh, uh, To the right, just to remind everybody, bottom, medium, and top is how other uh, organizations have done with an EPIC implementation as of the same time frame. So um, hooray for us. We're no longer below the bottom on on the payment variance, and if I was to tell you as of 4-7 Tuesday of this week, we are actually at 1, so we're almost to the median. So that is really great progress.
1: It is, absolutely. Yeah.
0: In regard to CFB, um, we have 107.6 million or 12.5 days. We're still um, not even at the bottom, but we continue to approve and we're at 11.8 or 100.3 as of Tuesday of this week. So, again, slow, steady progress. Minutes, um, we were at three days. Now we're at 2.8. So we're still hanging out below the bottom. And it, just to remind everybody... We did the big bang. We, we went live with Epic, and we also went live with a new clearinghouse at the same time, and that's what's caused these claim edits to be real problematic. Uh, and there's, um, you know, 100 and or maybe 180. Anyways, don't, I, don't quote me on that. There's a lot of edits in there, and you just have to go one by one by one and one and figure it out, and that's what we're doing. We have a task force that's doing that. Um, So that's the dashboard, that's pretty much the big picture for HB. Um, Next slide here, this is accounts receivable. We expected our accounts receivable to go up when we started getting all these claims out the door. Um, I don't really have much else to report on that. Uh, Next slide please. So this one is the charging, and this one is very important. So what you need to see is that on the right side of the graph from March uh, 6th, the month of March, the blue going down, that is the result of us calling off elective procedures and people, you know, postponing or not um, uh, coming to uh, the hospital or to the clinics for visits. And that's a big drop. So I, uh, I don't know if you all can see it to the right of the graph. I don't know if Mike, you can help. Mm-hmm. Or maybe move the graph over a little bit. I have all everybody's picture <laughs> right over can there. Start? You can see it? Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> that, um, and that's the HB side. TV won't be as bad. Next slide. So this is another. Uh, oh, something happened there. This is still the charging. You can go one more slide. There's the cash. Um, so you can see a lot of good cash weeks. I mean, all those green lines above the 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 shaded portion are way above average and they're making up for history. So this is probably my favorite slide. So that's very good news. Next slide. And this one is also a very nice slide. You can see the cumulative payments coming up. We were way below the bottom, and now we're up above the bottom, which is consistent with the chart I just shared with you. And then, if look at our four-week average, just this beautiful um, chart up. And this was again what was causing me so much problems uh, between Epic and Legacy, and tying to the GL for the uh, Legacy AR reports. But um, the result of it is, is very positive. Next slide. So um, here you can see a nice drop in CSP, CFB, which again supports why our AR is going up. Um, we have listed a lot of the, the owning areas here, the work queues where there's um, issues. Um, you can see procedure log with unposted charges. The second item jumping up, that's mostly surgery. I reported we had a lot more surgeries. You can see the little uptick at the end. So those guys need to need to get, to figure out why those uh, charges aren't posting and coming through. Um, case management, uh, they've been very short staffed and they're having to have to learn new workflows. So we really want them to be doing concurrent review, and that's not something that they used to do. And so it's a, a, kind of a new expectation, and we're trying to hold folks accountable when they're very short-staffed. That's, that's one of the areas where we have most, the most vacancies in the FTEs. Next slide, please. This is the claim is Again, this is the issue with the clearinghouse. Um, we've seen some um, some decreases there and some increases in other places uh, This just becomes an uh, ongoing uh, very slow process. Uh, I think we made the right decision and you can see you know when we did it right there in February that task force uh, that was hundred percent
5: Kim? Kim, I think we lost you there.
4: Can
5: you, in? Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes.
0: yeah, you're back. Okay. Now we got you. Is somebody else just put me on hold? Well, that's weird. Well, where did I leave off? <laughs> I've been talking away. We <laughs> got most of this We'll do
4: this right. right. you know you slide. Right. You're good.
0: All right. So this is the claim edits. And you can see when we uh, started our task force there in February, and you can just see the drop, and they basically are meeting every week, and they're just taking the top edits and working through them between Epic and the Clearinghouse to figure out what needs to happen to let those claims go through. Next slide. Okay, so this is denial. So this is a scary-looking slide, Um, but the reality is when you get all those claims out the door you're going to get denials um, one of the things that i've actually appreciated in and this happening when we look at the denials we actually see what caused it and then we can go back and we and in the build or in the workflow address the issue uh, and i think until we got the claims out the door we really couldn't do that so uh, a lot of work happening here uh, and we, I expect this to start to come down soon. Hey Kim,
2: what's the unit on the y-axis? What, what is six? Is That's just six?
0: denials, or uh, AR days. Uh the denial of uh, days. Okay. Yeah, AR days. And then the bottom is date range. Uh, something oh. happened in my paper slide. I have it, but in here, for some reason, it's not showing up.
2: So our denials are only six days.
0: Right. Yes, that's, that's a true. lot in AR days. That's a lot in Niles. And, and look <laughs> at the epic lines. If you look at the green at the bottom, that's a top performer. Yellow is worse, and we're way beyond worse. But again, it's because we just got all those claims out the door.
2: Yeah. So your team's working to flatten the curve.
0: <laughs> yeah. we're, we're probably where all those folks were back in the beginning when they had their big jump. So we're just running behind them. Um, and
4: also, just uh, because some of these aren't showing up well, if you look at uh, board planets, uh, it's
0: much better. Also. Yeah, I don't know why they're not showing up better they're in the in what we loaded. They, it's, there's even another table on this one, but uh, okay. So the next one is the PB stabilization dashboard. Um, here, there's not PB has done a better job. So, uh, oh, there it is there, there's the denial rate. What, what this is here, this other graph, it is showing you the clean claims rate, so what it, uh, its intention is to make you feel better about the other slide, so although yes, we have a lot of denials and we're have, having to have to work them, uh, notice that our clean claim rate is actually improved. So. Uh, And a clean claim is one that we don't have to touch. It goes out, it comes back, and it gets paid. Next slide, please. So this is the PB. uh, And again, um, the AR days are, are red. And as I've said, since we got so much out the door, it's expected to go up. Payment variance is green. Um, uh, We are at um, 0.2 weeks, and it looks like we're missing the bottom on this one, but I can tell you it's 2.7, so we have um, improved substantially. We're even above a median um, provider at this time, so um, kudos to PB. On the pre-AR at 4.3 days, Uh, we are still below the bottom Um, we keep working it down it is uh, slow painful but it's it's moving claims edits are um, staying relatively flat and I asked the team about this, and they say it's not that they're giving less attention to PB over HV, because people tend to go after the big dollars, right? That's what we would want them to do. And PB on the physician side is much smaller dollars. They've assured me that's not the case. They're looking at the total volume and dollars. So if a PB volume error is hitting the claims edit team, it's just as type of priority as a dollar. So... I expect to, to, continued slow improvement. The next slide is the AR. Uh, look, and I don't have any comments here. It's just building because we've been, you know, continuing to get more claims out the door. It's not as dramatic on the PB side because they've always been doing uh, a little better than our HB side of the house. Uh, next slide is the charging. I do want you to look at this because, oh, boy, I don't know what happened to that. Um, To the right, you can see the same drop. It's just a little delayed. It starts um, after, you know, mid-month instead of the beginning of the month, and that's because PB charging is also always a little behind because physicians have to get their documentation in, and it takes a little bit longer than the um, HB side. I don't know why it looks like that. If you look in your packet, it looks much nicer. Next slide, please. Oops, wrong way. Oops, this one's missing. Oh, there it is. Well, it actually skipped one, but that's okay. The one that's missing is the payment. But what I could, what I wanted to show you on it is, you can see that a big, huge posting in February seventh. And that's what really uh, um, messed up my, uh, my legacy AR <laughs> report. Uh, but what's nice to see for me gives me a lot of comfort and confidence in our reporting systems when I can match things up and they make sense. Uh, so this, this one here is the PBIL, PB pre-AR. Uh, again, we've been kind of jumping around. It's just not easy anymore. Um, and we just continue to work these queues. We still have our Tuesday Thursday meetings. Uh, they're just a lot smaller dollars. You can you know you can see that there. Next slide. Here's claim edits if it comes up. What it will show you is a flat line, which is what I was explaining in the beginning um it's uh we've just on the pb side it's just hasn't moved and uh and like i said the work teams say they are not only focusing on hb and the final slide is the denials for the pb side and it looks just like the hb side um and again because we got all the claims out the door now we're seeing those denials but I actually think that these denials are helping us stabilize EPIC uh, to get us at a whole new level. Uh, there's a couple comments there on AR uh, management. Uh, we talk about the uh, CRIT process now. It used to be our hit list. Now we call it CRIT. It's continuous revenue improvement tracking. We're still meeting every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, We've uh, we're still focusing on working with our leadership team. So now what we're doing is we're giving them a baton.
3: You lose Kim again. Can we So
4: Does Kim know we lost her? Yeah, Mike's working with her. Okay. Yeah. She's back. We heard that, Mike. I gotta wire myself up. (laughs) So, can you hear it all? Hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Do you want me to or can I just do it from the computer? If they can hear you I mean that was just not working. Okay, so you can hear me also. Yes, you can. Okay, so now I can't hear anything but
1: I fire myself up here. We can hear you, Kim.
0: Thank you. So just a few comments on uh, our process. We're continuing to do the, uh, Tuesday, Thursday meetings. Now it's called the crit process instead of the hit list. Uh, and we're, um, really working to, to, uh, help train our leaders. So, uh, one of the things we're doing, we call it, give them the baton. And what that means is they need to speak to all their issues uh, we've been doing this for some time, but what we realized when we were jumping around is that folks really couldn't own their area and we seem to jump through rabbit uh, down rabbit holes. So now we, we arrange it in advance so the person can have the baton and go through all of their issues. And we think it's uh, working well. It's just you know slower than I would like it to be. And the last slide, uh, talks about the COVID nineteen response and the fact that uh, we've had to make a lot of changes. I don't know how many of you have been to the Fairmont Building where PFS is located. Um, they're very close together uh, in small uh, groups, which does not is not okay for social distancing. So, you know, we've had to do a lot to try to improve things over there. Um, we've uh, We've got the work staff staggered, so folks come like Tuesday, Thursday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, We're using the EPIC tools to manage productivity, Um, but most people feel that they can be much more productive in the office, and for the most part, people want to be there. Um, They like, I think, being able to work from home two or three days a week, Um, but it's really the only way we could figure out how to provide social distancing for them in that in that space. Mm. Um, we do expect quite a few FMLA, uh, requests, mostly, as I mentioned early and earlier in the, as in patient registration, um, and, and PFS or the back end. we know there's some, but I think folks really understand that if they go out, all this work that we've been doing is for naught, right? Um, we really need to keep going on this and i think everybody understands that and for the most part our staff are hanging in there with us
1: so uh thanks thanks kim for that report i i just want to compliment you on your leadership but i sensed in february you were uh, pulling your hair out over (laughs) over this uh you were very concerned quite frankly at 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 the committee report uh you were you're pretty concerned is how I describe it so I, I think um this is incredible progress and you know it's uh, your leadership is and i appreciate the whole team's effort to get it to a much better place there's i'm, I'm sure you'll want to add that we have a lot more work to do but um nonetheless we have to celebrate when we can celebrate right
0: yeah well that's one of the concerns the team has had so we're almost at the at the targets that we had set and everybody's like well if we are we have to ex- ex- exercise social distance and we can't all be at work how are we going to celebrate so we're trying to figure out how we do a virtual celebration because the team is convinced we're going to get there and we're going to be there really soon
1: that's great well good work uh Please, thank you. you know what you do, Kim. You, you, you schedule a Zoom call with
5: all of your employees for after hours, and you all bring some wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, Delvecchio? <laughs> Two thumbs up on
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna move us on because uh, I'm sure people want to get home at some point. Um, well, actually, you're at home. We're home. I'm complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Davecio is not at home. not like home. home. <laughs> Kim's not either. Kim isn't <laughs> either.
0: That's right.
1: I'm sure all the staff members aren't as well. Uh, so let's move on to fiscal 2021 budget update. I know you've been doing some work here. Um, you're going to walk us through that, and we'll have a, a few questions. I'm sure.
0: Sure, Um, so just as a reminder to everybody, we decided we would do monthly updates and uh, normally this would be about the time in the process where we'd start to really have some good numbers. Um, uh, But in this presentation, we're actually asking you to delay um, the budget process a bit as a result of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Um, The leadership team has been very responsive in reviewing their budgets. Um, but with the Incident Command Center, we're having a harder time getting the oversight committee together. And there's certain leaders that are so involved that they haven't had an opportunity to actually review their um, budgets and sign off on submissions from their lower managers. So um, we are asking for a change in the calendar, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I wanted to kind of preface this presentation with those comments. So let's see, do we have our slides up?
1: We're all going to know technology technology. so much better, but but. yeah,
0: we will. (laughs) Well, while Mike's getting it up there um i'll just talk to the first slide since you've all seen it before it hasn't changed at all and it's just our budget goals and guiding principles just to remind everybody this year we decided to focus on stabilization after sapphire Um, we wanted to create a budget that was sustainable which meant that we would have cash flow to pay for our operations, but that we were not expecting to generate cash flow to pay for the prior year recruitment. We wanted to be more inclusive and uh, have these conversations with U.S. Finance Committee. We also had planned to um, work with the county in some way, which is yet to be determined. Uh, and that we would be more inclusive with the staff and making sure they understand the assumptions around the budget and, and so drive accountability. Uh, we wanted it to be balanced, meaning that it would meet the community needs in Alameda County. We're not making any big changes. Uh, and that we would focus on continuous improvement. So that continuous improvement needs to offset our CPI and labor increases so that we can get to that 2019 EBITDA level. Uh, So do we still not have slides up?
5: I think maybe next time you should put the IT guy in charge of slide instead of the lawyer.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> Not that you aren't wonderful.
5: <laughs> of course, from his background, it looks like Mark is in the Marin Highlands, so I don't think he's available.
4: Right. I've got a martini hidden on my desk. <laughs> This can't even go back. you
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: gonna fill out the papers for investigation. <laughs> well, we have this in our package. What maybe we should just do it uh, that way? Yeah, well,
0: I'm on. I'm on the second slide, which is the budget process. Again, this one's not new either. It's just we're moving out to the April-May timeframe, and this is, you know, April 9th. So it's the first part of the April 9 or the April-May um, bullets. Uh, the reality is that, you know, we we have certain um, I call them budget buckets that we need to fill, and we just have been working on getting each one of them done. Uh, and basically, the next slide, the third slide, uh, is a progress report. Um, we had an EBITDA in calendar year 2019 of 33.4 million dollars, and so we have completed our volume growth, and that generated 8.6 million in EBITDA or cash flow. Um, unfortunately for fy 21 we don't think that we will have the um, behavioral health county retro payment you know we talked about that in the cash flow it could be that we do get it and the timing could be it comes next year instead of this year we don't know for now we assumed that we would get that wrapped up this year so we would have to make up 23 million dollars um Some of that would be offset by the FY21 rate increase, but that is not in here yet either because we're waiting to see what happens with FY20 negotiations. Uh, The payer rate increases, we've estimated those at 5.4 million. Um, I think those are pretty conservative estimates. We're meeting with um, Tangerine uh, to see if maybe we can increase some of our targets to, to bring in more net revenue on our contracts um but 5.4 i think is a is doable um alliance will obviously be one of our big contracts that we'll be negotiating this year
1: so kim you're referring to capitation capitated contracts
0: it's we just know that the hpac is one that we have with the county but with alliance um, that's like sixty some percent of our payer mix, and that contract is up for negotiation this year. Uh, we'll be giving them notice if we haven't already. I
1: did not. Touch beyond, so it goes beyond uh, the population health. Then.
0: Yes, it does. Um, also, uh, we're presenting a, a strategy for contracting to E.L.T. Um, we're, we've we got it about 90% done, so probably in the next few weeks um, just to kind of lay out a plan of what we think we could do with our other payers as well. So that needs to tie back into this, but we'll want approval from DiVecchio and the ELT team first. Okay. Um, expense adjustments. Uh, the first item there is a ahead of 18.9, or basically rounds to 19 million. Um, those are 84.4 FTE that we capitalized as part of EPIC that are now going to be an expense. Um, uh, Mark is on the line. We have a meeting with Mark to go through his entire budget, but this is the uh, increase from the capitalized uh, staff. Uh, The the second item there, the 11.8, is it to adjust the salaries of folks because we used FY19 as our baseline and we're going to budget for FY21 salaries but there's a gap between 19 and 21 that we needed to cover for salary increases. We did have an offset from labor standard adjustments so we went through and Looked at all of our labor standards and got approval from the management team, and the calculated result of that is 2.1 million. We have other CPI increases, uh, including salary, they're actually reflected in this number of 25.7 million. And we have a contingency of 5 million. And then, unfortunately, the current manager budget edits increased our expenses by 30.3. And I think you'll probably all remember me at the last finance committee saying that I would expect that not to happen because we had built in full CPIs um, and that I thought folks could sharpen their pencil and uh, adjust some of the CPI increase as well as uh, adjust for training because we are already live on Epic and didn't think we would need as much training. Um, so well I'll talk about it in the next slide, our current process. So anyway, that puts us sixty five point two million behind and an evident loss of six point two. So we got some work to do there. It is early. We still have a lot of things to do. If we if you go to the next slide, I've tried to kind of give or Helen's tried to give a graphic of all the things that we still have left to do. Ah, oh, there's our slide. Um I, uh, I mentioned last time that we wanted to be positive, so we came up with this term called budget balloons. And what these budget balloons are, are opportunities where we believe that we could develop an initiative and track progress to it um, from, the, um, from the senior leadership team to uh, reduce costs or enhance revenue. And so all of those balloons would lift our EBITDA margin, and then at the bottom, we have some deflated balloons, which are things that we know now are going to have a negative impact on our EBITDA performance. Mm-hmm. So uh, in regard to revenue enhancement opportunities, overtime is obviously a big one. Uh, we have uh, uh, we spend a lot of money in overtime in this organization, um, but... Just saying we're not going to spend it isn't going to do it. I mean, if we have to recruit, we need to have a, a solid plan to be able to recruit. If it is other issues with management or lack of leadership or something like that, we have to have a clear direction on how we're going to reduce the overtime because this isn't something that just happened this year. This is, uh, you know, uh, been quite a some time that we've had higher over time than one might expect for the organization. Management consulting, we've had a lot of that. Um, uh, My revenue cycle is particularly guilty in that area. We need to make sure that we can feel comfortable that by reducing it, that we'll still uh, make the metrics uh, for revenue cycle. That's another item on here, which is improving our, our collections. Uh, supply chain with the GPO usually every year there's some initiatives there uh, to save money Uh, we also want to look at some of our other purchase service contracts Uh, I have been told we did this last year and although uh, since I've been here I have not reported on the success of it but I am told that we did do a great job at this last year and we probably need to circle back and make sure the finance committee is aware of that and see if we have additional opportunities for HPAC and um, our uh, risk population, we have spent quite a bit on um, out, of, out of network, uh, basically paying other organizations for services that we're responsible for. The thought there is, can we bring some of those inside? Do we have the capability or can we maybe do a new contract to get lower rates from uh, a third party if we can't provide them the services internally? Uh, length of stay management is probably one of the biggest opportunities we have, and again, in order to be successful on that, we got to get our concurrent uh, reviews done, and we also need to have a place to discharge patients. Um, I do know that it, uh, the county has been working on some initiatives. Uh, there should be an uh, a impact to us in a positive way, but we need to look at that, and in order to build it into the budget, we have to have a plan that we can monitor and measure Um, uh, There's some other infusion services, orthopedic surgery, some other physician related items, recruiting and program development. Um, Those are all being done outside of the baseline budget and they're being done that way so that we can create a performa. And if we decide we're going to move forward with the action that we can measure it and monitor it. On the um, deflated side, COVID-19, obvious the, obviously the financial impact of that could be huge. Um, the joint commission visit is still unknown. We don't know what the full impact of that is. And in regard to supplemental revenues and aim, we know that it's negative. I uh, showed in the cash flow uh, presentation and also there's a number in the last slide that relates to supplemental revenues. We know that there is going to be a gap, um, but at this point, you know, it's on this list to, to rework and layer on to the baseline budget. And if we go to the next slide, I can kind of give you a better idea of how the process works. So um, what we're doing right now is we're meeting with specific managers that appear to have large increases in expenses or that we see another anomaly that we weren't expecting to validate budgets. And again, this is to drive accountability, yes, and ensure that we have an accurate solid budget, but it's also goes back to those guiding principles. We need to include the individual managers and get their buy-in for the budgets. Um, we need to complete the baseline budget. We need to review the spread. So in my report tonight, you'll remember that I talked about timing differences with the budget on depreciation, timing difference with capitalized FTEs. I talked about the fact that you know we've had to do reclasses between different areas as we're starting to have our closed meetings. I don't want to have to report those kinds of things to you. I believe that if we do our due diligence on the baseline budget and we make sure that we've addressed the timing issues and other um reclass issues, uh, that we can make it cleaner and have fewer variances in the year. So that's one of the, the key changes I'm making in this is I want to nail that baseline budget. Then we can perform the opportunity analysis on all of those balloons, uh, and that's happening now. There's certain staff assigned to each balloon, including the deflating balloons, and we'll be as we get our analysis done we'll be going to the oversight committee and then the oversight committee will ultimately decide which ones of these items we layer onto the budget but we will know exactly what expense items or what revenue items are going to be adjusted and know the impact before we ever lay it into our baseline budget um We also know that there's a Vizient um, contract. Uh, I think it's being delayed because of the uh, pandemic, Um, but we wanna make sure that we at least look at some of those improvements include in our um, budget. So any questions on where we are on the process?
2: Makes sense. Questions? So this is kind of a theoretical question to our CFO, um, and it's a tough one, and maybe it's rhetorical at this point. But how do you bake in consideration of, of quality when, as we go in, into these discussion items?
0: Well, um, I immediately go to the bottom line impact. QIP and Prime in particular is uh, we need to make sure that we get all of those quality indicators built in EPIC and reportable. Uh so that's the financial twist on it. Yep. But if you buy into the fact that those metrics are solid and they're gonna improve our quality, then we should be able to do both at the same time. Okay.
4: Uh uh just, we could, I'd like to add a little bit to that actually. Uh and I appreciate the question. Um um Trustee Sequence made a comment in the last board meeting that I really stuck with you about our cultural quality in the organization. uh, or lack thereof, honestly, and I I, I think that's uh, uh, honest and salient, and and, um, I'm not entirely sure uh, to be perfectly uh, candid with you right now for how that will play out uh, in the form of the the, the rest of the budgeting, particularly as our expenses go. Uh, But you might recall me saying last year uh, when we are doing the budgeting process that as we were trying to kind of – Trend here and there to squeeze our budget to make things work. That I was concerned that we'd eventually start seeing impact in quality, and and I think quality uh, may have been as narrowly defined as, and uh, well, that's not narrow, but uh, uh, defined the way Kim said with respect to uh, incentive programs that have quality boost uh, targets to them. But I, I again to trustee sequence comment, I think quality is much broader than that, and it's uh, it's in the everyday and. Uh, in some of the uh, targets and um, um, uh, say, um, indices that we use to look at uh, cost per unit and um, those sorts of things, I'm not sure how well we have vetted them against quality. Uh, the, the reality is, I believe, that the more we do this, it's likely to raise our cost because there's so many things that we don't have standard yet as an organization. And until we do that, you know, we need to invest but our ability to do that is hampered by what we've heard all, all throughout the night, which is that we are really, really um, uh, emerging here. We don't have a lot of resources just to do this. And so uh, I don't think they are mutually uh, exclusive. I don't think it's all uh, incremental. Uh, but I think that we have to give a little bit more consideration uh, to it um, uh, the best we can and appreciate your support in helping us to do
2: that of course and uh i i know the extraordinary calculus here is uh, it's actually the variables we don't even know all of but you know I, I i'd say maybe one easy and free thing we can do uh which is is to ask ourselves is there a quality impact to this decision now 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 the answer to that question might not be difficult to bear out but i think just kind of going through that existential process of asking ourselves is there a quality impact to this decision at least gives us pause, and then the, the reality is we 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 are in we are in a cash poor position, and we we sometimes have to we're going to have to edge out some issues of quality, and then having that a place for that dialogue, which includes here and the quality committee. A thank you to my my colleague and friend Trustee Shaquin, who and I love the, the the melding of finance and or our 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 journey of melding finance and quality. I think it it becomes really important. So maybe just if, if for, for, for our financial uh, uh, compadres to maybe even ask that question, what is the quality impact? And then my, my hope is in the future that the, on the quality side, side, they ask, what's the financial impact? I think that would be a great position. So just food for thought as, as, uh, as our, our financial experts kind of ask these questions is to uh, try to ask the question about an impact on quality. We know some of our, our services are, uh, uh, will be, uh, I won't name any of them, but will be financial losers, uh, but but essential to uh, quality care. And then that's the discussion that we need to have as a, as a medical center, as an organization about what, what our minimal acceptable levels of quality are. And I'll shut up now.
0: So the last... The last slide is the revised uh, budget timeline, and and it shows that we've pushed out the um, budget to all of you to June instead of in May. So, um, you know, depending upon what happens with the pandemic and Joint Commission, I mean, it's going to be a rough year, but... um, We still, at least from our lens today, believe that we'll be able to get it done and approved by the end of the fiscal year.
5: Well, if we Uh, do that, Kim, you'll be doing better than we did last year. So there's that.
4: Thanks. Thanks. Uh, We we have started um, asking and we'll continue to uh, update the ask for uh, uh, folks in the county, uh, folks around the state uh, about how various... uh, uh, processes are are um, playing out, so we can have a sense of what other people are feeling about their ability to meet uh, the fiscal, particularly a fiscal year cycle, uh, to get their budget done. Uh, so we, you know, we've we've heard some uh, places maybe looking at an expedited review and approval process, which is effectively what we're asking. Um, we're trying to understand what that looks like, um, and certainly as this proceeds, we'll have a better sense of if people are continuing to think um that that's not feasible or if that's also changing and whether it has an impact on our ability to be closer but this is our best guess at this point
1: okay. other questions i just have uh one i'll try to make this a quick comment but i i said something else another uh, recent meeting at a recent meeting about sacred cows and i think when I'm, I'm as i'm going as we're going towards the budget i was thinking of the challenge to get at uh, principled positions in your budget uh being at values like quality how difficult and maybe to be honest impossible that is when everything is of holding equal value uh, even if it's a lost leader even if it isn't uh, on par with what other starving systems are doing there's absolutely no way we can actually get uh, values like quality um, so that's what I was alluding to there and I'm going to continue to be a voice for that this is tough work um, we're going to have to do to get that you know 65 million right now to get to even and uh, we don't even's not good enough because we're going to have other surprises that come up and quite frankly I think there could be some other revenue issues so we've got to really be honest uh, with ourselves uh, and I'm speaking mainly to the trustees here you know if staff comes up comes with a with cost savings we're going to have to really think hard about uh uh, moving away from those um, because, it, you know, I, I, quite frankly, there's no way to balance the book if, if books if, if we don't um, find places to do some pruning, it's Just reality.
6: I think that's right, Louis. I think, I mean, it's something kind of has to give, right? And so I, I mean, personally don't feel that quality is, is an option. I think it's something we have to continue to strive for and prioritize um but to the extent that you know that means um looking at our scope what can we do at a high quality and what can we not afford to do those are some of the tough decisions that you know we may ultimately have to make um with guidance from staff and those are the hard conversations um that i know we're always sort of having um but those are some of the some of the difficult things i think that we we might be facing so it's good i think it's good for us to be preparing there because i i I don't feel like quality is something that we can really compromise on
1: okay other thoughts or comments i'm going to move us on to uh, the next item i had it up here um where are you stop on me discussion item c and this is the status of compliance with uh, the net negative balance as um, defined in the uh, permanent agreement. And so, our report, just to review, uh, suggests we have a problem right now uh, in the next couple of months with being able to conform with the cap on the net ne- negative balance. Um, and then we have a much more serious, pronounced issue with uh that cap for next year and uh so this is meant to be a discussion item about uh, obviously it's a public meeting so we're uh revealing as we have over the last year with full transparency the challenge we're having with cash flow um which isn't different than uh, our challenge with passing a, a balanced reasonable budget they're, they're interrelated, but they are separate. Um, I've noticed that uh, some stakeholders have confused the two, um, and it's really important to keep them separate, at least for for people's understanding. So, cash flow immediately, um, as I heard the report, somewhere around 19 million. Things are moving. That's the other piece that made this conversation hard. Just make that observation that. Um, I think uh, outside uh, our, our stakeholders, not outside people who care about the system, find it frustrating to see the mo- numbers move around. Um, and that's really sort of the nature of this. And believe me, I don't think uh, there's anyone that would uh, like to see more stability in those numbers than uh, Vecchio or, or uh, Kim. Um, uh, but that's just what happens. I've been here a short period of time, a couple of years, and I've seen him move quite a bit. And most of it is external to us, out of our control. So the discussion is um, what what, uh, do we want to tell staff about uh, how they ought to handle this? uh, I'll just mention real quickly, in terms of process, it's pretty prescribed. So I don't think we have to do a lot of thinking about this. Item number 10, section 10 of the Permanent agreement calls for a meeting confer between um, our leadership here and Alameda County's leadership. Uh, it even prescribes who should be in that meeting. I thought that was interesting. Um, and uh, it's really sort of defined as an opportunity to gather information and develop a strategy to deal with uh, non-conformance with the, the you know, negative balance cap. So I don't think we have to figure out that process. It's already defined for us, but uh, this is a time to have a discussion about the reality that we're there. We're there in two sort of part A, part B, right? Uh, 2020 and 2021. And, you know, it might be, I think it would be really nice if we could have both dealt with uh, in one conversation or a couple conversations. Uh, but it's possible that we do, you know, deal with one at a time um, going forward. So I'll stop, and
3: just asking for uh, thoughts. And- so, so, uh, so our, our our board, you know, uh, in our uh, last, one of our last meetings, we agreed that we would create a subcommittee that would work with Delvecchio and Kim specifically around the net negative balance, and uh, we're uh, the, the board agreed that it would be our president, vice president, and our finance chair, uh, uh, we're working with Kim and Delvecchio, we're putting together a, uh, a request for a meeting with the county, and uh, we're providing some, de- in the process of providing some detail in that request, of uh, a lot of what really what we've already gone over today, but probably in a little bit more detail. Uh, in the plan is that we go there jointly that staff and the board of trustees go together and meet with the county and and discuss this in a you know in a, in a reasonable uh, way how how we can just move forward but clearly with the understanding that we cannot survive without it, an adjustment to the to the net negative balance thank you ross Other thoughts?
1: So we have a process pretty prescribed here. Anything changed, trustees? Yeah. Go. I mean, it seems like we've been having this conversation for well
5: over a year, and so formalizing it just makes sense. Um, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time talking about it here and now. It, it's pretty obvious. We've we've told them where we're at for a long time. So quite frankly, I think we, we formalize the process and do what's prescribed in the agreement. Do it now. We've been telling them we're going to do it for a year. Got it.
1: Okay. Thank you. So I'm going to move us on to the next item. Back to you, Ross. <laughs> uh, Ross has been willing to... Uh, I, I just have to thank you, Ross, for uh, your leadership on this one as well. Uh, he's been a sort of us on with our uh, financial... financial. And uh, just to maybe, Ross, you could remind us all how that started and what was the purpose of that was. So,
3: go but forward? we we were uh, we were looking at our financial situation and uh, had a meeting with the with the members of the board of supervisors, and they felt it was extremely important that we have our do our own separate analysis of where we are and how we got here and what we would do moving forward we hired a firm called withley who i we think has done a good job for us um we decided to meet with all the stakeholders and various members of our uh of our board and met with the supervisors we met with the healthcare services agency we met with the auditor's office and probably leaving someone out and we Uh, After we had our initial meetings and we put together our preliminary report, then we again met with each of the stakeholders and uh, presented uh, portions of the report to them to get their feedback and feel whether what they had presented to us was represented well in the report. and I have to say, it's been a it's been a difficult process because some of the perceptions, I think, are a little bit different, but the facts are the facts. And so where we, where we've left it is we've decided to uh, have a final draft. and uh, we're planning, we uh, met today with uh, with the, um, myself and Delbecchio and him. And uh, we, we agreed that we would, uh, end this first phase of the project and try to get a report distributed to everyone within and, uh, um, and then we'll then I think we're going to have to uh, have the members of the board get together and, and, uh, and uh, with management and figure out what we want to do. With Great, thank you, Ross. Any
1: questions? Okay. And, and Ross, there was a uh, question about whether there may be a, a second phase of that contract.
3: Is yeah, that- te- technically there is. And I think we have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how we whether we want to mod- modify that, whether we want to move forward with it. You know, and we have, we have a subcommittee made up of. Uh, uh our finance chair myself and uh, tracy jensen uh, and we could go back and uh, take a look at that and then go back to the full board and get some direction on sounds good okay
1: uh thank you ross appreciate that uh next item information discussion of uh vendor spend report wasn't a very sophisticated report is there any comment questions no uh discussion uh committee planning and issues we keep putting this off probably for good reason given the uh challenge of getting this budget process and now it's just completely thrown up in the air but i remain committed as your chair this committee to not let this go forever um i'm thinking june or july probably july uh we'll break uh, break in august soon we didn't last year, but I think we can do that this year. Um, that we'll have a revisit of this and, and, and develop some issues to look at next year. Any feedback, questions? I have public comment here. Rana, was there any other public comment?
0: No, there isn't.
1: That's for non-agenda items. Okay. Uh, comments from trustees. Okay. I think we're there. I'm going to close the meeting. Thanks everyone. Have a good evening.